welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser podcast, where we believe that you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we are here to help you make that happen. I'm Kelly Mason, and welcome to episode number 18. Today, we're having a conversation with Christina Cheeseman. She is a brilliant creative hair artist. She is a member of the Behind the Chair team. She works with Trillion Tones, and she is just such a bright light. You are going to have so much fun listening to her point of view, listening to her inner dialogue, and how she walks us through what it's like to go from feeling like you're kind of at a standstill in your career and you're just really craving that next level and all of a sudden you blow up overnight and you are getting to travel the world right now she's actually in Australia by the time you guys are listening to this I think she'll be back so should definitely go check out her Instagram and see all of her amazing travels on that journey We also talk about being collaborative and working with other hair artists and what that process is actually like to produce something that's from two different people's perspectives. Her take on that is really cool and very interesting about how intuitively you have to be in tune with the other person, be able to have a lot of back and forth and allow each other to express yourself as you co-create. Very, very cool. The other really amazing thing we talk about is destination happiness. And as Christina has gone through this journey of achieving things at a very high level, what is it like when you actually get there and how do we stay fulfilled inside of our hearts and not get so caught up in the material things in the world? I hope you love this episode. If you're into it, take a screenshot of it, post it in your Instagram stories, tag us at Limitless Hairdresser, and we love to reshare your posts so that we can share the Limitless Hairdresser love all across the world. So go ahead and plug in and tune out to this episode with Miss Christina Cheeseman. Hello, Christina. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kelly. I'm good. How are you? I am so amazing, and I am just thrilled that you are on here with us today. I'm a big fan, obviously. (laughs) I'm I'm just like liking away all of your pictures over there. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I this is amazing. I've never been on a podcast before, and it's secretly a dream. Woohoo! Well, everyone listening today is in for a big treat because Christina is just a magical human. And we got to chat for a little bit prior to starting this call, which is why we're laughing because (laughs) we tried to record it and then everything just went to hell in a handbag and her ear pods fell out and I cut out and yet I couldn't speak for some reason. I can't say hello. (laughs) So, you know, real life. But um, we are just so excited to be able to have you on today and I would love for you to just start by sharing a little bit about like what drew you to being a hairdresser. I would say there's a lot that started this journey. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid. My parents divorced when I was really young. And as an only child, constantly moving to different parts of the country, different schools, I always gravitated towards the creative field. I always felt like that was something I could relate to and something that I was naturally good at. Um, When I graduated high school, my dream was to go to the Pacific Northwest College of Art. 
However, my father and my stepmother did not want me to go there. And they also, they, they knew that I really wasn't that reliable and they weren't like willing to pay for school. So I did a year of community college and that was a really good year for me because that was the first year that I realized that boys liked me. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) you know, that's pretty great. Were you a wild youngster? Um, No, I really wasn't. Mostly because my, I I think I just lived a lot of my life in fear. Mm. I was always afraid of my dad, what he would do. And I grew up with a mother who was a drug addict. So drugs always frightened me, Mm. just seeing how she was. In fact, if anything, I was more of like a hermit where I just locked myself in my room and read my books, play video games, listen to music. And that was kind of like my refuge. Mm. But so going to college for the first year, it was, you know, a whole new world had opened up for me. And I'm glad my parents didn't pay for or help find help me financially with getting loans because I just took a bunch of art classes and I took a math class and I had to drop the math class because I never showed up. (laughs) (laughs) But I really loved taking, you know, art history, learning about modern art and taking painting classes. It just, it was just like a whole new world for me, I guess. And after that year, I knew I couldn't go back to school because I really didn't do anything. And I took a year off. I worked at Home Depot. And one night I had a dream that I was a hairstylist. And I woke up and I'm like, that sounds really fun. So the next day, or not next day, but maybe in the next couple of weeks, I drove to the Aveda Institute in um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is an hour away from where I lived. I enrolled and probably four months later, I started school. And that was about 11 years ago in July. So every day I would drive 60 miles to and back to beauty school. And this was in 2008 or 2007. So it was right before the big crash and gas was like 4.63 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And I still went, went to beauty school every day. And after that, I started uh, working at Regis Salon when I graduated. And Regis Salon was, you know, really a safety net for me. I knew that I wanted to leave Wisconsin, but I didn't know where. And at that time, I didn't know how easy it was to get a job in a salon. I, I always thought it would be like, you know, an office job. You have to do all of these things to get in. Anyway, I worked at Regis, so I could just transfer to any salon. I I moved to DC with a boyfriend at the time and I worked there for a year. It was absolutely miserable because I was making $750 an hour. Mm -hmm. So my paychecks were like $300 every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was living in DC at $600 of money a month. Mm-hmm. So it really was not sustainable. I couldn't pay rent, couldn't pay anything. And we eventually landed in St. Louis. And I've been in St. Louis for eight years. Eight years, yeah. I had never been in Missouri before I moved here. But what drew me to St. Louis was it was really affordable. 
So I left my boyfriend at the time and I decided to live here on my own. And I moved into an apartment that was really affordable and I could support myself. I continued working at Regis and there are a few times that I really wanted to quit doing hair because I'd only worked at one place. I really couldn't, it was, you know, kind of the corporate mindset. I really couldn't show any of my creativity. It was more focused on how can I live? How can I survive? Mm -hmm. And I left Regis and I started working for my first non-corporate salon, um, a private salon. And that was when kind of my, my world life kind of opened up. I had learned so many more business skills on how to attract my own clients. And I also learned a lot more about the salon world where, you know, I'm, I'm an overweight woman, not your typical, most beautiful woman. And I learned how. Yes, you are. You are gorgeous. <laughs> well, thank you. I love seeing I mean... your smiling face. <laughs> but it was really interesting to see how men in the industry would treat me or would treat women in general. And, you know, there were times where, you know, to build my book, I was told I had to look really sexy and go out to my favorite or expensive restaurants, expensive bars, because I wanted to find my dream client. My dream client is a wealthy client. So I got to hang out where they hang out. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is, you know, just trying to make money and support myself, that didn't really feel like the best way to make money. And also, I wanted to get people that wanted me. They don't want me because I'm looking sexy or trying to show off to someone. Hmm. I want someone that genuinely gravitated towards me. Because in the end, as hairstylists, we want to get clients that respect us and we respect. It's a relationship. We want to be happy when they come in. We want to be excited. We don't want to have the client where we're dreading them coming in. So I decided to focus more on Instagram and I wanted to show more creative color because for me, I wanted more clients that wanted creative color. Do you find that you get a lot of clients that have a lot of money and want creative color? No, no, not really. Maybe they're kids, (laughs) (laughs) but no, um, to me, It was, I wanted to get my name out there and I figured the best way to get my name out there is to have something out there that would stop people and they would, you know, take a second glance to look at whatever it was. And that definitely, I was saying that, you know, you're not going to make money doing creative color. That's not where the money is. And Instagram and the internet is not the good way to get clients that are going to be coming to you forever. And I really just wanted to prove that person wrong, which is probably the best thing ever. Cause I've never, usually when someone tells me I can't do something, I'm, Oh, I guess you're right. But this was the first time in my life where someone's telling me that this isn't going to work out. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I think that's when things really started to change for me, when I started to value myself and, you know, realize that I, I think I'm on to something. 
That's a really powerful message because that can be one of the hardest things to do is know something so truly in your heart and have somebody try to tell you that it's not possible or it's not attainable and have the courage and the strength to be like, I'm going to do it anyway. Thanks for your advice, but nope, I'm going to keep doing it. Even if it isn't the average or isn't the normal. So you started doing creative color only a couple of years ago. Is that, is that right? No, no. I've been been doing doing creative. Yeah. So I will say I definitely played with Manic Panic in high school. So as the the lonely punk rock art kid, I would play with my hair color. My dad used to shave the back of my head. So I would cut my own hair, do my own hair. And I never thought it would be like a career thing until I had that dream, that weird dream. It is really interesting how different hairdressers are drawn to different parts of the creative process. Like, you're super drawn to this, like, fun, really artistic, you know, colors and patterns and design. Or I I never was that way. That always kind of, like, made me nervous. Like, it scared me. Like, at the most, I had, like, one tiny little red streak in my hair. And I was mm-hmm. more drawn to, like, styling and, and, like, molding and sculpting. And so that's how I kind of got into Naha was, like, the design aspect. But I think that's why... I, it's so cool in our industry because we can all be so different yet. We all have this so much in common because I love looking at your stuff. I'm like always on that Christina Cheeseman page. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. But it's not necessarily something that I would create myself. I think that's maybe why I'm so drawn to your work is because it's not something that I do. And so it inspires me. Like it totally inspires me where I look at other people's maybe that's similar to mine. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool and it's beautiful, but I'm like really drawn to the stuff that I don't do because it almost yeah. like pushes my creative limits to be like, okay, try something different, Kelly, or get outside your comfort zone. And so maybe like drawing inspiration from one of your sunset hairs, maybe I'll work some of those tones into like an overlay or something, you know, way more subtle, <laughs> but super inspiring. That is like the best compliment because really that is one of my intentions. The people that Nailed you it. see on my Instagram aren't <laughs> even my clients. They are mm. most of the time my hair models. Okay. So like behind the chair, I do mostly natural hair. So on my Instagram, I'm always looking at natural hair because I'm always wanting to get educated on the, you know, the best ways, the most you know, effective ways to create something. But what I want to show on my Instagram is something that's really not so much about beauty, but it's something that makes you think. Because, you know, there's so often that we scroll on Instagram and we see the same things over and over and over that it starts to get a little, you know, methodic, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to be able to stop and feel something, whether they hate it or they like it just feeling something is what is important because, you know, in this world and in every parts of our life, we're so apathetic, myself especially. And apathy is probably, you know, one of the worst things a human can feel. And if I can create something that can make someone feel something, I I think that's like a win. 
and, you know, to even be able to question themselves and what they're doing, if they want to do something better, if it gives them an idea to make that better, whatever it is, I just want people to feel and be better. You definitely do that with your artistry because I always am coming back for more like, oh, it makes me feel so happy and interested and intrigued and moved and inspired when I look at your work because it it speaks that like it you can feel something looking at it like I don't even need to hear your words or know your voice and I can that like totally shines through in your your story like your color story your design story the mood the tone like the whole thing I love it <laughs> thank you um and so you do a lot of collaborating too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how does that work and how does that kind of come, come together, like being with another person and, and like co-creating art? I will say collaboration is probably my personal weakness. I communication, I feel like it's a little hard for me to like be able to express my vision, and then to cohesively bring two visions together, I think is really, really difficult. But I think it's very important. And the more you do it, the better it is. I do happen to work with and am like best friends with two other really talented ladies, Caitlin Ford and Caitlin Tishka. And we have created a couple things together, but we really have been inspired by each other. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing about that is Caitlin Ford and Caitlin Tishka and I are both three completely different people. Our personalities are completely different. The way we think are completely different. And at, at, you know, in the beginning, it was a little difficult trying to understand someone that doesn't have it doesn't think the same way as you do or express the same things that you do getting to understand that person has been it's been wonderful in the end because you know I'm understanding someone else and we're just coming together from our points of view if that makes sense like yeah, a puzzle totally. piece like Caitlin Tishka is she's all about her muted tones and she wants to create something more natural, but that's still a vivid look. And she's also an incredible think thinker, I guess. Like she has to ask questions about everything. Like she has to know the exact reasoning for everything to be to even understand it. So in the end, anytime she gets to know something, she knows everything because she has asked every critical question. And I find that amazing. And then um, Caitlin Ford, she she was homeschooled. And I really think that she could be like an engineer. <laughs> because she, every day, she has some new idea. And I think it's really important. You know, my dad always told me that dumb people talk about other people. Average people talk about things and smart people talk about new ideas mm. and she talks about new ideas all the time her brain is always going 
And she's really good at being able to see the finished product. Like she knows when she's going to do something, she knows exactly how it's going to look. A visionary. Absolutely. And those are two qualities I do not have. So I'm very thankful that they are in my life because it's, you know, almost like a completed circle. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's like all of you kind of come together as one. (laughs) Yeah. One cohesive person. You know, and we're in the same industry and we're doing the same things. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really nice to be able to say that these are my friends. I'm not competing with them. They're not competing with me. We are just trying to, you know, we have the same goals and we realize that working together is going to make it a lot easier than working alone because community really is a lot better. You can bring each other up with you. Absolutely. On that note, with technology and like social media, I think a lot of people, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I love hearing different perspectives from different people. Like, So, so many people have felt that it's segregated people more than brought people together. I tend to disagree because I think that it is what you want it to be and it will produce what you are putting out there, especially in your mindset. So like from my perspective, I would say like doing this podcast, I would have never have been able to had have you on or any of the other people that I've had on this podcast if I didn't get past my own fear of being like, hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to have you on. Instead, my state of mind could have been they would never want to talk to me. They don't want to, you know, they're got more followers than me, blah, 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 blah. Like there's two different ways to look at it. And it just depends on which one you're going to choose to which outcome you're going to get. You know, it's not by coincidence that I, you know, have have reached out or commented or talked, but some people are just afraid to do that. What do you, how do you feel about that? I completely agree with you. I, and I have been there. I, you know, doing my stories or posting, sometimes I feel intimidated or afraid, but I really think the biggest thing is to just start. Mm -hmm. And for me, one thing I have realized is, isn't about being the best and I think that does stop a lot of people is they don't think that they're best or they don't think that they're good enough. Mm. But really, all it takes is action. You just have to do something. And it yep. isn't about being the best. It's just about doing it. And, you know, I think that is really the biggest takeaway from anything is that you just have to do something. Yeah, just and, like and your, your just, Instagram stories when you're walking yeah. in the grocery store. That was my favorite. Right. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, that was a really bad week. <laughs> I'm still recovering. <laughs> but, you know, I have so many people that also want to do Instagram or they, you know, people that put me down because I do Instagram etc. And that probably want to do that. Who knows? They do or don't. It doesn't matter in the end. 
But what does matter is that if anyone wants to do it, all you have to do is do it. Stop focusing on, I want to be the best or I'm not as good as someone else's because we're everyone. If anything, it's people are just trying to show themselves. That's what's going to make it the most unique. And everyone's story is unique. And that's what people gravitate towards is relating to someone. It's true. The biggest gift that we have is that we are all ourselves. Nobody can be you. That's your strength. And I think that that trips people up a little bit because maybe they don't fully like themselves or like things about themselves. So then fear holds them back from even sharing who they are because they're only focusing on the things that they don't like insecurities like you know oh I'm I'm not I can't talk public speak to people I can't get on insta stories oh I'm terrified to do that or oh I'm not going to post this picture because it's it's not going to get very many likes or I'm not going to do this because you know what if somebody doesn't like what I have to say you know there's always going to be a critic there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you have to say, your point of view. But at the end of the day, like, who are you if you aren't saying what you believe? And, you know, who are you if you're not taking a stance on what you think matters, even if it's not the most popular? And oh, absolutely. I, and I think that's part of the struggle is everybody's trying to fit in instead of just be yourself. So what if you stand out? So what if people don't like it? You know, it's, it's do you want those people? Yeah. Do you want those people? No. (laughs) But at, at the end of the day, I think part of it is just having that thick enough skin to say it's okay. And I think that's what may, may hang people up from sharing more is that they're afraid of, you know, being hurt. Like we were talking about ego earlier before we hopped on here, like, when that gets hurt, it's like, ooh, sting. And then it's like setback, setback, setback instead of empowering. Like when I feel my ego getting hurt, I'm like, thank you, universe, for reminding me that I'm a human and that I have feelings and that that, that is okay. And now I have the opportunity to persevere or I can go back into my little shell and be like, see, that happened. Now I can't do it ever again. You know, it's like this opportunity of awareness to go, okay, that happened. Now what? And just keep going. Like you said, action, action, action. You have to keep doing. You can't just stop. Absolutely. Can't live in the past or be afraid of fear or the shame that you feel. You just have to keep moving forward. Learn from that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what we're here to do, right? Just learn, learn, right? grow, create. Yeah. Ooh, find the meaning. Is that a thing? Learn, grow, create. I feel like that's from like leapfrog or something. Some sort of. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that was kind of. That was kind of good. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so for you, Christina, what are some of the things that you feel like you have to keep battling in your mind to keep progressing, to keep moving forward? What are some things that like little voice Christina says that I said I think 
I mean, I say little things all the time. I think the biggest things that may hold me back are, man, Sorry to think about, you know, <laughs> I just like, went super deep there for you. You're like, wait a second. Surprise. I know, you know, two Ammunition. weeks ago, I probably had like one of the worst weeks in a while. And it's crazy because I just had so many things have been happening to me, like incredible things, life altering things, bucket list things. Yeah. I won a BTC award. I that was one of my biggest goals ever. I never thought that I would ever by the way. win that. Thank you. And it happened. And then a few weeks later, I got to go to London, which was my dream city to visit. Did you go to Salon International. I did. Amazing. And and then a few weeks after that, you know, I definitely went through a little bout of depression. And it took me a little bit to figure out what it was because I, you know, I just felt, why do I feel so crappy right now when mm-hmm. I just had some amazing things happen to my, to me in my life? And then I, you know, started realizing that I thought that once those things would happen, everything in my life would be good. Mm-hmm. You know, like you reach your goal and oh. then you're going to be then you're going to be happy. Then you're going to know you made it. And I wasn't realizing that the reason I was feeling so low was because that isn't true. Those are things that happen and they're amazing. I'm so grateful, but I'm still a person and I still have to work on myself. And if anything, that was, that was kind of hard to realize. And then I had a really tough week in the salon where I lost one of my long-term clients um, because she had texted me 10 minutes into her appointment. And I have a policy against no-shows or last-minute cancellations. And she decided to just end our relationship instead of making another appointment. And then I had a, a new client that was really, really trying, didn't have any heat in the salon, didn't have warm water and I was busy. And for me that week, I definitely kind of wish I had an office job, but I guess for me, like quitting or stopping really isn't an option. I just have to remind myself that it will get better. You know, right now it's a slump and I, it will get better. Sometimes you just have to go through bad things or oh sometimes you have to go through bad things or you know negative things to feel great and to look on the positive again life is is all about balance it's not about just being up and positive all the time but there there's the other side of it and you want to stay in the present and realize those things but you got to keep pushing forward Mm. absolutely and in episode number six I talked about how to change your perspective and we're talking about one of these one of these topics about going through the hard times and experiencing negative situations so that you can learn and come out on the other side stronger and better and more confident 
and more prepared to take on what's going to come next. Because if you're already experiencing things like, you know, getting to go to London for Salon International, winning one of the biggest awards that there is to win in the whole world of hairdressing, like what's next? Like that's not the end. That's the beginning. Like what, what are you going to have to, who are you going to have to be to be able to accept what else is going to come beyond that? Because so many people get to that point to like where you are and then what just happened for you, like experiencing that like kind of down, that kind of come down from all of the high, you get so wrapped up in the come down that you forget what it was like to be up at the top and you can downward spiral into, you know, quitting. That's why so many like celebrities and people who are, you know, really successful, they experience that. And then they're just like, this is it. (laughs) Yeah. Can't go any farther, but you can, like, there's so much more, but you have to be willing to do like the self-work and the personal work to grow, to get to the next place. Um, and do you know who Danielle Laporte is? I don't. Oh my God. You would love her. She, she's a writer, um, a poet, and um, she has a podcast called uh, Lightwork. Mm-hmm. And in, in episode number six about perspective, I read this quote from her. It said, if you want to commit to the light, if you want to be in a place of higher consciousness and heal other people and bring compassionate love and attention to everybody, you're going to have to tango with the dark. To be a whole person of love, you're going to get initiated. Being a fool, being blinded, and just going for it is part of building the strength. It's a part of clarification, and it's a part of wisdom school. Isn't that just amazing? That is. I freaking love her, and I could read that a million, million times, and it always makes me feel like, hell yeah. Because you need to send that to me. I will. I absolutely will. But it's, um, it's one of those things, I think, that this quote that she said just made me feel so connected especially with the beauty industry of like you have to go through these hard times life is not rainbows and roses 24 7 like it's life on earth like clients are gonna cancel on you people are gonna leave you you know tragedy happens bad things happen in the world like that is just a fact like it just is and being able to be strong enough and you know, confident enough to be able to take that on is not easy. It's not. But I think, like, I love that you're sharing these parts of you because I feel like people listening are going to be like, oh, oh, my God, same. Betsy last week, she canceled on me and I thought <laughs> it was the end of the world. And, you know, like, we yeah. all have those people. Like, I don't care how successful you are there always is something going on in the background that nobody knows about. Absolutely. I'm excited to listen to episode six now too. I just, that is something (laughs) I need in my life. (laughs) Yeah. I think you'll like it. It's, it's a good one. And there's a meditation on it too. So you can get your Zen on. Yeah. I need to learn how to meditate. I've never done it. Well, I have a meditation album for hairdressers. So there you go. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I started making this stuff for hairdressers because I started realizing, like, what the heck did I do? Because I still all the time feel like I'm banging my head up against the wall. Like, 
oh, this is too hard. Feel sorry for myself, blah, blah, blah. I don't have enough followers, whatever. And then I realized that it's all just an illusion. It's just, it's not real. It's not even, the only way that it's real is if you think that it is and you focus on it. If you feel, if you think that you're not going to get any clients, guess what you're not going to get? Clients. And clients. If you think that you're not going to win behind the chair award, do you think you're going to win the behind the chair award? No, you're not going to. Like what, what was your, what was your mind behind that? Like, I'd love to hear your like inner Christina of, of, you know, you went from, I was reading your post the other day. What did you go from? Like less than 5,000 followers to like 30 something thousand and entering the behind the chair awards for the first time like what was that like for you like the anticipation the excitement the fear the the feelings like what was that like going through all that well the first year I entered and I got nominated that year I really I was not expecting that whatsoever and because it was you know the first year I entered there's so many entries I had not a lot of followers, um, but my biggest thing is I just wanted to create looks like every month to at least be able to enter. In the first year, it was really magical because the color that ended up being nominated, that shot was amazing, but it wasn't my favorite color I had done. And in fact, I had the flu, but I had set up a model day for so long and a photographer that I couldn't cancel my um, hair model has like five children. She's a stay at home mom. So when we do the days, like they have to be those days because I don't want to take advantage of her. And I realized that she has a life. So when I did that, I was sick with the flu. I was dying and I <laughs> didn't expect that at all. It was just a magical shot. And this past year I was nominated uh, six times oh and I was really afraid that I wouldn't be nominated at all. And I was really surprised that it was that many times. Like, holy crap, this is, I I don't know, it's just wild. It's almost like never in a million years. Probably probably because I I really do have struggle with crippling self-esteem issues. Mm. And to be able to see that, if anything, it it made me feel a little bit better to be okay with myself and to like the things that I do instead of being so critical right away because I always want to improve. And then um, going back, the color that ended up winning, the prism roots, I took that photo right before the sun was about to go down. And it's so funny because when I took that photo – the whole time I kept thinking, Mary's going to hate this because I really was doing it for behind the chair. You know, I wanted a one shot nomination mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, the it's too glittery in the background. The background's not light. <laughs> the lighting looks weird. It looks photoshopped because it's so bright in this weird light. And I ended up posting it almost wasn't quite a year later. It was like eight months after I shot it just as a last ditch effort because I didn't have any other posts 
to post for the one shot awards. And it was my most viral photo ever. And it ended up winning. I'm still blown away by it, by, you know, the things that I'm so critical over. I should really stop being so critical and just like let loose a little bit. It's really not that big of a deal in the end. If I post a bad photo, it's just a bad photo. But if I like it, that's all that matters. Yes, for sure. That's one of my favorite pictures. I love that one. I was just looking through all of them because I went back to look at it and I was like, oh, I already liked every single one that you posted of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's so beautiful. Um, how do you, do you do the photography yourself or does some, do you have a photographer? So in the beginning, I had a photographer. Her name was Aaliyah Waldman, but she moved to New York City and... I decided after that I was going to start taking my own photos. So I think she did like the first four or five looks for me. And since then, I've been kind of just figuring it out and taking my own photos. And I've always been interested in photography. So it's just kind of like a natural thing. Like, I really enjoy that. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the process mm-hmm. is to take photos. And most of the time, I just I just play around. I'm still learning. They're all just so cool. I'm looking at them now again. If you're listening to this, go look at Christina Cheeseman's Instagram because it's beautiful. Um, like this one you did of the salad, salad days, because we can't eat romaine lettuce right now. <laughs> You're taking those photos. Do you use like a iPhone or do you use a camera? I do use a camera. I have a Canon EOS Rebel T6i. It's not like the professional camera, but it's not like the point and shoot. Mm -hmm. I can change my lens on it, which gives me a little more versatility. Do you use a manual or do you just do it in auto? I do use manual. So I can adjust the lighting. I had come from a salon that was really, really dark. There were two windows in the front. And it was a really long salon of all brick and Edison bulbs. So I really had to figure that out. How to get my camera to shoot. Because I don't like to use flash. Because flash gives things. It makes things look fake shiny Mm -hmm. in a way. And I still want it to look real. And I and I don't want to, like, make the color look different. But that, that was definitely a learning curve. And now I'm in my own studio that has probably the best lighting that I've ever had anywhere. It's all white walls, two giant windows. I face south. It's amazing. It's so pretty. So, so pretty. Um. Do you do models? How many times do you do a mo- models a month? What is that kind of process like? So I work behind the chair Tuesday through Saturday. And my I usually try to spend my Mondays doing hair models. And Mondays are probably my longest day because a lot of the times it's like a 10-hour ordeal. It seems like all the hair models I seem to find lived kind of far away 
So I have to either do the, um, the lightning session in one day and then they come back the following Monday and we do the color or I do it all in one day and then I have to take the photos that day. So if you notice, I'm going to call myself out here. I don't do a lot of styling because by that time I am so burnt out. I can't even think about a braid or if I can, <laughs> it's just like a quick braid because mm-hmm. my mind is literally spaghetti. I cannot think about anything. I'm so exhausted. Well, I think your styling looks amazing and definitely complements your color for sure. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Speaking of burnout, how do you keep yourself from getting burnt out? What do you do? What does Christina do when you're not doing hair? What's your what's your life like? It's really boring, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, people ask me that all the time. They're like, so what do you do for fun? Really hair. And I would say what doesn't make me burnt out is probably doing hair models. Hmm. Um, because that's where I can really just flex my creativity. Um, the hair models that I have, they give me creative freedom. So I can literally do whatever I want. And which is amazing that someone would let me do that. Doing hair models is like meditation. Kind of. Yeah. And I don't, it's usually I'm by myself, so I'm not having to worry about someone else or, you know, being nervous or intimidated, but it's just, it gives me time to just try to make something that I like and, I think creating things is what makes me happy in the end. I, my Sundays are my usual day off and Sundays are, if I'm not doing anything, I just kind of feel like a bum. Like I should be doing something, something. If that makes sense. <laughs> you just are, go, are you just a go, go, go person? You need to be like going, doing all the time. I guess so. I used to never be that way. In fact, um, I... That's, be- that's why you're probably, successful now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> like, um, I'm known as the lazy person. My parents would always make fun of me for being so lazy because I refused to do anything. And now, I don't know, maybe it's just I have a passion or a goal. And I had... I, it took... I guess I'm a late bloomer. I'm 31. And it took me a few years to figure out a goal that I wanted And really, that has changed my life. Just having purpose for something. What are your? And I have children, so you got dogs, though. That's true. Dog mom. (laughs) (laughs) What are your goals right now? Like, what's what's next for you? What What do you have your sights set on? Before it's been so work related that now I really want to focus on me bettering myself so I can be a stronger person in general. And for me, my biggest is finances. My goal is to become debt-free because I, I just don't want to owe anyone money. And... I want to start taking mental health a little more seriously 
you know, there, there are things that we don't know that we don't know about ourselves. And, you know, some of the things that we don't do or refuse to do are probably because of something that happened to us a long time ago that made us afraid of pushing ourselves. And I really want to keep exposing that. And I, I just want to become more aware and okay with myself. And I also want to treat my body better. Because mm. I think if I keep doing what I'm doing and I'm also focusing on myself, my mental health, I think that I could do a lot with that. It's very true. Like as we take care of ourselves on the inside, it's a huge reflection of what's going on in the outside world. Um, one of the eight principles of limitless hairdresser is, is that like what you have going on in your mind is what's going to happen in reality. And if you feel healthy and you feel good on the inside, everything will unfold for you on the outside. If you're feeling yucky and you're feeling like down and like in those depressed states and in the like feeling bad about yourself or your health isn't in a very good state, the outside world feels like, like you're trudging through sludge. Like I'm getting there, but it's hard (laughs) and everything just feels exhausting. And so like you were saying, like destination happiness, you get to that end result. You get to that like award you get to that pinnacle you get to that place where you've been like dreaming of and it's like okay this is you're good still, but I'm yeah, exhausted still, yeah and you're still the same person that you are because yeah. you never worked on those other things that you needed to work on just ignored them at least I did absolutely and in um, like a big huge part of this limitless hairdresser movement that's it's a really interesting thing that's happening with it because it's always been my intention to help other hairdressers be better that's why I became a hairdresser that's why I got into education you know almost nine years ago but I never really had like a strong intention of what that was I just knew like I just felt always like and I think that's something that all of us do. Like, we all just want to give. We're like, ooh, we want to give. I want to help. We want to just, like, help that person. I want to give that person, you know? <laughs> Which is, like, a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Like you were talking about earlier, uh, before we got on this call, that your – what were you saying? Like, your dad told you give that a discount to that person or – Oh, yeah. He – well – like people you know, think that hair, we just should give to people f- for free. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. we're so kind and sweet. Yeah, my you know my dad will just be like, oh, you need to start giving you know more people discounts and free things. College students, they're poor, you need to start doing their hair for free. And you know, I, I do agree. Like, I I'm all, I think that it's important to help out your community. And to reach back. But also I am, you know, I am trying to run a business, Mm -hmm. but that is relating back to hairstylists really only understand hairstylists. And that's why it can be so difficult in our industry. If you don't have your hairdressers around you or your ears, because they're really the only people that understand you and understand the things that you're going through. You know, my boyfriend doesn't understand that when I say come home at seven or I'm going to come home at seven, 
I end up coming home at 10, he doesn't understand how that could happen, how I can have, you know, something wild happen with a client's <laughs> hair. Yeah. And, you know, people think that we play with Barbies all day. We just have fun. Which but we really, do. I mean, yeah, we do have fun. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's work. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the more that uh, we show up with that kind of confidence and ownership of that we're professionals and that we are worthy of the, the money that we want to make and the income that we deserve and the respect that we should have, the more that people will give it to us. And the, and yeah, God. Yeah, absolutely. And if they don't, then it doesn't matter. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, listen to me. I'm the optimist I'm, over here. I'm like, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, but also <laughs> F you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. there are, I mean, I do have a, you know, some clients that I don't, you know, I have like people in my chair that don't even know anything about Instagram and there are a couple people that do make random comments about, oh, just a hairdresser. And <laughs> I, I, it's like I know how they feel about me just being a hairdresser. And I kind of laugh internally because I have no idea. Like their opinion is their opinion, but it is based on nothing because I have no idea what the hair industry is like or my job. They just don't really appreciate it. And that's okay. If you want to keep doing that, feeling that way, thinking that. Totally. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I think more focusing on ourselves and, you know, doing the work so that we can show up the best that we can to keep elevating the industry and to keep growing it in a positive way and becoming, you know, uh, Meg Scapani was on a couple weeks ago and she said, hairdressers are having a moment. And I was like, Hey, yes, yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think I even made it into a hashtag, but we are, we are so having a moment right now. We can literally do anything that we want. We can, you know, create this whole entire career path that you know is surrounded around hair but has tangents like i mean there's a hair, we're on a hairdressing podcast right now hello like yeah. <laughs> you can literally do anything blogs editorial education um you can be a salon owner you can be in leadership you can write a book i don't know you can be on a tv show whatever it's incredible it is it kind of How blows much, my mind. I know. Like starting hair, I never would have envisioned the hair industry to be anything like this. Which is good because this is better than I could have imagined. Yeah, totally. I, that's the best. It's when you have these expectations that are a little bit like you don't really know what to expect. You're just diving in head first. And all of a sudden this whole world opens up to you. You're like, oh, my gosh, like the cave of wonders. <laughs> everything yeah. is just there it's so cool 
And I think that it's just going to keep getting better, especially if we keep getting better, right? Like Absolutely. If, if we keep growing and we keep demanding the respect and the attention and uh, start showing up more and more, like instead of being walked all over and weak and, you know, succumbing to these pressures of you're just a hairdresser. You don't just you you charge a hundred dollars for a haircut. Ugh, I would never pay that. Well, you're not my person, and that's right. okay. And that's okay. But if you're worth it, don't devalue yourself just because it makes other people feel uncomfortable. And don't let it stop you. Yes. Absolutely. Woo. <laughs> I feel like empowered right now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, can- and hairdressers like they just have we just have so much impact on society and culture people you know I one of my clients who is a psychologist was telling me that you know it people that come to their hairdresser most of the time or you know people that are going to their wait how am I trying to say this the psychologist was telling me that people are more apt to open up to their hairstylist over their psychologist because not only is the hairstylist making someone feel good about themselves on the outside, but they're actively listening to them as well. And sometimes, you know, all we need is for someone to listen to us and then to also make us look good so we feel our best. I don't know, that is just something that no one else really does or has a capability of doing. We have so much power to do so many great things for this world. Uh, yes. It's it's really actually amazing. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, it's so empowering. And I, I don't know about you, but I just like can't help but want to become better so that I can keep doing that more. Because what makes me feel good is for other people to feel good. And Absolutely. I, I think if you ask any hairdresser, like, Christina, why did you get into doing hair? You get like two answers because I want to help people and make people feel good. Or I just wanted to be creative and I don't want to have a regular job for me. It's kind of a little bit of both. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you it's know, always that. And one of the biggest things about me is anytime I've ever been like really low or someone has put me down, et cetera, every time I felt that way. I've never wanted someone else to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I try not to do, to hurt someone. And in fact, I just try to do whatever I can so that someone else doesn't ever have to feel that way. Cause no one should have to feel low or anything like that. Mm. That was really amazing. Like nail on the head. It's like always a driving force for something that is really passionate for you is normally normally stems from you don't want somebody else to have to go through what you've gone through or you don't want somebody else to have to feel how bad you have felt it's like this amazing human it's it's like who we really are I, I think it's it's kind of like that really deep down like this is who we really are why we're really here is to keep spreading that love and keep spreading that lightness around so that instead of meeting people down where they are, you know, if your client is having a bad day or coworker, instead of 
getting down to that level, like raise them up, raise them up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like being negative and being unhappy is so easy because a lot of times it's so, it's such a normal, comfortable feeling, at least in my experience. It's a normal and comfortable feeling to feel all these sad, negative thoughts, but it is so hard to be good and to be happy and to do all of those things. But the things that are hard are ultimately worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. Your life will become more enricher. The people around you will be better. Like it's all about just making things around you better. It may be hard, but worth it I think we're going to end on that note because that was amazing <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I feel so good right now I just love hanging out with you <laughs> this is awesome I could talk for a few more hours I know. feel like I haven't even said that much <laughs> I know I always feel like that every time it gets towards the end I'm like I don't want to stop I don't want to go away <laughs> But this was really a great conversation and I love having you on. Seriously, it's so good. You have so much to say, so much to offer this industry. Keep on getting it, girl. Thank you for having me on. This is an amazing podcast. I'm really excited to listen to all the episodes now because this is exactly what I needed as a hairdresser. Yes. So thank you. You're welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you. Are you ready to get into our 20 questions? This is kind of my favorite part. Yes. Okay. It's so hard. It Was it hard? <laughs> kind of. I didn't want to make them too long. Okay. Well, I'll ask you the question and then you can just give me your answer and we'll just kind of keep going with it uh, so that people can get to know you a little bit better. You ready? Great. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite bands right now? So this is a tough one because I am a big music fan, I guess you could say. So it changes pretty much every month or so. But I would say my top five, all probably of all time, and no one probably knows any of these people except <laughs> the first bands. And that's Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, yeah. They always make me happy no matter what. And then uh, Bell and Sebastian, Elliot Smith, Cat Power, and The Smiths. So you guys are going to have to look them all up now. I know most of those. <laughs> oh, you do? Yes, I do. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. Little, I'm a little bit of a music junkie. I was in choir <laughs> for my whole life. Isn't that weird? Oh, wow. Super nerd. Yeah. <laughs> what are you reading right now? So I do have two obsessions. And they kind of go, it's weird, they kind of go hand in hand. I love to read, but I'm not reading right now because if I pick up a book, I never put it down and there goes my life. So right now I am playing video games and I have been uh, playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption too. What the hell is that? um, Well, (laughs) it is like Grand Theft Auto, but you're in the old Wild West. Oh my God, that is amazing. Instead of stealing cars, you are stealing horses, trains, <laughs> and you spend most of your time on a horse. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. 
<laughs> what does your ideal day off look like besides playing <laughs> video games? The Red Dead, whatever. Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, okay, so this is my perfect day. I wake up feeling refreshed because that's a good feeling. I go get breakfast somewhere, go to Target, the grocery store. The house is already clean. I have dinner figured out. And I'm not feeling anxious because I'm not working. Mm. Like I just feel relaxed and happy that it was just a smooth, relaxing day. I love it. <clears throat> Your favorite podcasts? So I need to get into more hair-related podcasts. But my favorite podcasts are You Must Remember This. And this is... That's about forgotten tales of old Hollywood, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because everyone is related and they were all shacking up with each other back in the day. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing to hear these stories. Yeah, really good. Um, Presidential. That is really good because that is going that talks about the presidents, but in a unique way where Mm -hmm. it humanizes them, Mm -hmm. like asking these people that um, study the president's um, questions like, what would George Washington be like on a blind date? And you get to know the presidents more as people instead of some elusive thing that we, you know, put almost put on a pedestal, but Mm -hmm. we don't really humanize them. It's interesting for me. And I love S town. I think that was like the most magical, creative, artistic, podcast I had ever listened to and I cried so much and I love the new episode of Serial and it is really interesting especially if you want to learn more about our criminal justice system man a lot of hairdressers into that like serial killer stuff well this one isn't about serial killer but this is like you're literally in the circuit court justice or justice system in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. So you look at that from a new perspective, like attorneys, judges, what it costs to actually be guilty and or not guilty, etc. It's interesting. Yeah. How long have you been a hairdresser? Eleven years. In one word, how would you describe the hair industry? It's this it took me a while to figure out. I don't even know if this is the right word, but what comes to mind is revolutionary. Mm, good one. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite color? Gold. Anything gold. What's your favorite treasure? What's something that you always like to keep with you? I'm not really into sentimental objects or objects in general. So I'm going to say my phone because my phone is always on me and I can access anything through my phone. That's so digital age. I know. I'm always prepared (laughs) with a phone. What's your favorite aroma? I like herbs. So either basil or lemongrass. Mm favorite service to facilitate behind the chair consultations that consultation is literally every single person's thing is it really it is it is 
Yep. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Communicators. A bunch of communicators up on the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. We've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite food? Tacos. Most used mantra. What's something that you tell yourself all the time to get past the hard stuff? Keep it together. You're almost done. There's a light. <laughs> Just got to keep keep breathing. Keep working. It'll get over with soon. Oh, I love it. Favorite word? Quixotic. What? Yeah, it's a, it, it's always been one of my favorite words, but it is definitely a word to explain someone that um, goes after things that are probably never going to work out. Just mm-hmm. having, you know, living in a fantasy world almost. It also sounds like a cool word. I love it. I love words. That's why I ask that. I just want to want to know. <laughs> What fascinates you? Humanity. Just understanding the psychological and sociological depths of humanity is so interesting to me. What do you want to see change in the hair industry? I'm really thankful that the community versus competition thing is happening because I think that's really important. But I, what I would really like to see next is better representation for hairstylists. I, I would love to see less stylists making minimum wage mm. health care for more hairstylists or at least being able to afford health care mm-hmm. and less salon owners who poach young stylists that don't know anything or make stylists sound, sign outrageous contracts to work for them. I, I would like that to stop. What is your message to your peers? Stay uncomfortable. If something scares you, but you could potentially, but could potentially make you better, that is your sign to just do it. Favorite quote? <clears throat> this is by Mary Englebright. She has like the cutest little pictures if you want to look her up. But I really love this. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Who is the most influential person in your career right now? I would say Jen Atkins. Mm. Like she's literally has everything, has it all almost, at least from the outside. I love her so much. I got to get her on here. Yeah, that's gonna really be one should. of my. I'm gonna put that out into the ethers right now. <laughs> Jen, I'm putting out there Jen, too. <laughs> Jen, if you're listening, come hang out with us. A little She's cool. main addict, I know. Times limitless hairdresser. Hmm. She'd be my best friend. I know it. Yeah, she is really cool. I think she's like a, every hairdresser's best friend. Like she's a great representation of like you can do anything. Yeah, she's limitless hairdresser. <laughs> She really is. I'm like, get out of the way, Kelly. It's Jen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's all of us for sure. But she is a very great um, pioneer for, for hairdressers, the hairdresser moment, for sure. Um, who has been your most impactful yeah. mentor? I would probably say my old boss. I 
definitely learned a lot about myself and the business through him and in general he probably wasn't my favorite person but I ever since I left my life has really changed and that he really pushed me whether he knew it or not to really want to be the best I could amazing so thank you Thank you for doing that for Christina. Because <laughs> we love her. <laughs> Who else should we interview? I always ask this because I'm curious just to see what other people want to hear. But I really, I have a list of people, oh. but <laughs> I'm only going to name one. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I, I'm going to say Ursula Goff. She oh. is so multifaceted she's incredible hairstylist and an artist she's smart she's really cool she has cool kids she helps out her community all the time and she also struggles with a lot of health issues like she i've just learned so much from her and i love seeing her work and i love everything about her okay good to know to know I'm gonna have to go stalk her now I've seen a lot of her work and stuff but that's the fun thing about doing this podcast for me selfishly is getting to know people behind their work a little bit more because I've seen you know you hear all these names and you see all these photos but like getting to know the people is, is so fun absolutely and she lives in the middle of nowhere Kansas and right now she works with um, Matrix. She's a global Matrix artist. Amazing. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Christina. This was amazing. Thank you, Kelly. This was really fun, actually. Yeah? Did you like it? <laughs> yeah, I was Yay! really nervous, but this was great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. See, anybody who's listening, if I reach out to you and I want you to come on here and you're nervous, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> promise well I hope you have a beautiful day super excited for everything that's coming your way you're just a brilliant amazing bright light in this industry and it's just so cool to see you keep on growing and helping other hairdressers um, you know feel connected and you know bringing everyone together so thank you so much I love you you're awesome this thank you Darren this is amazing. I'm so glad you're doing this for hairstylists and I can't wait to see where you go with this. Thank you. Me too. I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, you have a mission and yeah. that is important. <laughs> there's a mission and there's a vision, but I don't know what the end result looks like. It's just, it's just going, I'm letting it take me. So we'll see what happens, but, um, I can't wait to meet you in real life. That'll be so much fun. Me too. Okay. Well, you have a great day and we'll talk to you again later. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your snow day. Thank you. <laughs>